Saturday, September 19th, continued after a quick refresh. Let's go somewhere where no one will see you but me. Like where? Isn't it obvious? Your treehouse. Let's go right now. Let's go to Fort Knox. How exactly? I can't just walk out. People will see me and poof, back to Geezer Town. After a few seconds, Percy smirked and declared, I have an idea. Percy pulled the dining cart into the stairwell and looked up at Adam, who was peering over the railing. Like in a bad movie? Percy shrugged. The other option is for me to wear a trench coat and sit on your shoulders while you walk us out of here. Well, that's a worse movie. Cart it is. But do you think you can push me? I mean, look at these guns. They're huge. <laughs> Come here, Mr. Modest. Let's just give it a try. He ducked under the tablecloth, and she tried to pull the cart into the hallway. <laughs> Damn, you're right. You are heavy. Wait. He popped his head out to look up at Percy. Did you have any trouble getting the stuff out of my cottage? Nope. Everyone was either napping or watching Matlock. Everything you put on your list is in my trunk. Don't let anyone tell you you're a bad, petty thief, Persephone. <laughs> he winked before disappearing again. Hey, Percy! Oh, hi, Roger. You taking some lunches over to the cottages? That is exactly what I'm doing. Tracy, uh, Tracy's kid is sick, so I'm just helping. Oh, I thought I just saw her. Yeah, she had forgotten the, uh, mustard and came back for it. I saw her, and she got a call from her kid's school, and, and then she bumped into me. Well, let me do it. Your shift is long over. Oh, it's okay. It's on the way to my car. But you'd have to bring the cart back. I insist. No, really. I got it. See? I'm already leaving. Well, I'll come with you then. I'm so sick of doing inventory. I need a break. Percy tried to think of how to repel him. Could he have a phobia of walking with bearded men in open spaces because of the risk of birds wanting to nest in his face? Probably not. She should probably just say she's gassy. Uh-oh. Party's over. This is my kid's school. I gotta get this, Percy. I'll catch you later. You better hope there's a virus going around. Yep, this is JJ's dad. What do you do now? When the front door closed behind him, Percy whispered, I think I peed my pants. From below the tablecloth, she heard, not exactly a novelty around here. Percy had moved her car behind a dumpster near Adam's cottage. After she pulled the cart close to her trunk, she leaned against the cart and whispered, Okay, go. In anti-butterfly fashion, Adam pulled the tablecloth around him and climbed into his protective cocoon. She gently shut the trunk, parked the dining cart behind the dumpster, and drove away.
As they discussed, she stopped at a grocery store on the way to Fort Knox. Cashier number one, please. Adam had given her directions to his parents' old property, but she didn't need them. She didn't want to tell him she'd been there a dozen times already. With a floating feeling in her chest, she slowly muscled her way over the roots and hard mud. After every bump, she winced and whispered, Oh, sorry. Sorry, Adam. She parked next to the outbuilding that was covered with peeling red paint, got out, and called, Hello? There was no answer. Hello? They were alone. She slowly opened the trunk. Adam? You okay? Why? He asked feebly from behind the tablecloth. Because I'm old? She took a step back and covered her mouth. Adam? Oh. That's me, he cried as he threw the tablecloth away, spread his arms wide, and kicked one leg out of the trunk. She dove forward to punch his thigh and laughed as he hopped out like a happy puppy dog. (laughs) Sorry, Percy. That was mean, but I couldn't resist. Your plan worked great. He wrapped his arms around her and she rested her head on his shoulder. Oh, less tight, Adam. Damn, you need to get used to being stronger before you hurt me. Sorry. He loosened his grip and swayed with her slightly. Better? Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe I'm here. Fort Knox! He yelled as he picked her up and swung her around. Fort Knox! Adam, we should be quiet. Why? We need to celebrate. Suddenly serious, she asked. But what if someone sees you? Persephone, there's no one anywhere near this place. Look around. He clutched her with one arm as he surveyed the complete overgrowth. It looks like a disaster, but to me it's perfect. So, show me around? Though she probably knew the property better than he did. Well, there should be a shed right through there. See, next to that little tree? It might still have all the gardening tools in it. We need to clear some of this brush. You didn't take the tools when you moved? No, no, we got out of here in a hurry. My dad said there was nothing for us here and that we were going to start over from scratch. We hightailed it. He was a little off in the head, if I'm being honest. Adam took a step into the brush. I'll be back unless something eats me. No way, I'm coming with you. Adam did most of the work with his feet, standing on plants and waiting for Percy's foot to replace his so she wouldn't get smacked by tall brush. She couldn't tell him that they could skip all that work and get to Fort Knox through the woods. After they fought their way through, he pulled on the door to the shed. He grunted as he fought against the rusted hinges. Would you look at that? We are set. The shed was indeed full of tools. Adam turned to Percy and pecked her on the cheek. And even better, would you look at you? Damn, Persephone. All this talk about what I look like, you are breathtaking. His grin faded to a sweet smile, and his head approached hers. When he was three millimeters away, he stopped. Percy barely nodded her head, and then his lips touched hers. She felt an explosion in her chest. Her body combusted, and she fluttered to the ground as ash. 
Their foreheads touched, and Percy whispered, That was exactly everything I knew it could be. Persephone, now there's no doubt this is real. And I wouldn't mind keeping it real for a little bit longer. But uh, what do you say we check out the shed? See what treasures are waiting inside for us. And uh, maybe we can pick up where we left off a little bit later. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Maybe? Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe. All right. Cover me. I'm going in. When Adam stepped inside the shed, Percy concentrated on erasing the smirk from her face. She was blushing, and her lips pulsed. Oh, perfect. Adam appeared in the doorway, holding a large pair of clippers and an old-style push mower. Time to find Fort Knox. You sit and relax. Let me see what this new body of mine is capable of. Don't go too nuts, Adam. Just be careful, please. But I feel great. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll go unload the car. Percy inventoried the supplies and figured it would take four or five trips. She brought the water and food first, then his bag of books and other supplies for passing the time, then his sleeping bag, cot, and the other survival-type equipment he'd requested. Before heading back with the last of the stuff, Percy paused. With her eyebrows pulled together, she fished through her bag for her cell phone, checked to see there were no messages, and stowed it in the glove compartment. When she returned to the shed, Adam had already used the clippers to cut a path toward the tree that cradled his future home. He had gratefully guzzled some water and was busy cleaning up the path with a push mower. Now, the moment you've been waiting for, a tour of my treehouse. After you, my lady. Adam's brow was glossy with sweat, and his shirt was nearly soaked through. You feel okay, Adam? Persephone, I feel incredible. Percy preceded him along the path. After a few steps, Adam put both hands on her hips and pulled her to a stop. He spoke softly into her ear. Cover your eyes, Persephone. I want it to be a surprise. She obeyed, taking small steps at first, and then normal strides as she gave Adam's hands her full trust. Almost there. Okay, stop. Look up. Percy kept her eyes closed and turned to face him instead. With her eyes still closed, she smoothed her hands up along his textured arms and down along his stomach and chest. Her fingertips slid up the sides of his sweaty neck and pulled his jawbone toward her. As their lips moved together, a breeze kicked up to make snuffling sounds in the grasses. The sun dipped behind a cloud to give them privacy. Just as Adam had led them through the overgrown bush, she followed his mouth and hands to avoid getting lost forever in that kiss. When his hands pressed her shoulders together, pulled her body into his and slid down to her hips. He let her go. Damn it, Percy. Of all the perks of being young again. Percy blushed and finally opened her eyes. She stepped back from him and her legs wavered. Adam, it's so high. Can we go up? Let me go first in case there's a furry squatter up there. She watched him ascend the ladder and said out loud, He's not 82. All clear. Come on up. I don't know, Adam. I've never been up a ladder this high before. She'd gazed up at Fort Knox, but had never had the courage to climb. On my way. Adam descended as quickly and sure as a squirrel, 
and stood behind her, again resting his hands on her waist. Let's go. I'll be behind you all the way. Halfway up the ladder, she cried out, This is crazy! By the time she got to the top, she was giddy. He climbed onto the platform and spread his arms wide. Welcome to Fort Knox. Oh, look! There's a little table! And a little bookshelf! And is that a cupboard? Adam, this is better than I imagined. What a fun place to be a kid! But you haven't seen the best part? He took her hand and led her around to the lookout on the side. Check out the view... Or don't, I guess. I'll be damned. Rows of gray and brown prefab apartment buildings were laid out before them like a circuit board. Well, that's where the rolling trees used to be. Remember when I said the memory could be ruined if I ever came back? But the rest is intact, right? This really is a great place. Oh, let's see if it's still here. Adam dashed to the opposite corner of the platform and kneeled on the floor. He knocked around on the floorboards, then looked up at Percy with a smile. Hear this? And this? After gently tapping back and forth a couple more times, Adam swiftly punched the end of the board that had made a deeper sound. Percy jumped and grinned when the far end popped up. This is what makes it Fort Knox. He reached into the floor, felt around, and extracted a gold coin. I know the secret's safe with you. I'll go get all our stuff. Don't go anywhere. Adam scrambled up and down the ladder with their bags and equipment. After putting the Fort Knox fortune back into the floor, they worked together to set everything up. Pretty soon Adam's belongings filled the small cupboard and his books lined the shelves. His camping chair faced away from the terrible apartments and toward a built-in bench. As Percy spread his sleeping bag onto his cot, he looked around and appraised, It's a very acceptable home. Hey, come here, Adam. She sat on the cot and patted the space next to her. I'd like to process for a second. Mm-hmm. Good idea. I can safely assume nothing like this has happened to most people who've only known each other for, what, two weeks? How about nothing like this has happened to anyone ever? Has it only been a couple weeks? He sat next to her and took her hand. Doesn't seem right, huh? Not even close. Okay, then. So, I'm a very old man who over the past two weeks has transformed into an 18-year-old. My mind's the same. I have all my memories. But my body has significantly improved. And my mood. And my bowels. Which I guess you didn't need to know. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've been this happy. He squeezed Percy's hand. But Adam, there's an elephant in the treehouse. Bad place for an elephant. You, the old version of you, at least, aren't you dying? We're all dying. Come on, Denise told me it was an any-minute-now situation. What's wrong with you? Could it be what was wrong? Well, either way, it's cancer. Pancreatic. The rare kind that's statistically impossible to recover from no matter what you do. So I did nothing until my numbers indicated I'd reached the end of my line. That's when I moved to Shady Pines. I'm sorry I didn't tell you that until now. That's okay. As you know, I wasn't sure I wanted to be this close to Fort Knox, but now that I'm here, I realize I did want to be here. I just didn't want to be here alone. So, there's yet another reason to appreciate you, Persephone. 
Percy sat quietly, tracing the tendons on his hand. But if someone else sees you, you become old again. Seems that way. But like you said, I'm not too sure about the rules. This is so insanely strange. Not to mention physically impossible. Can we just talk through the other possibilities? Like what? Like we're subjects of a government experiment? Exactly. But more like I'm the subject and you're an actor. I, it would take at least four actors to pull this off. You, at 82, probably makeup would have done enough for that actor to also be the 60-something version of you that I saw. Then, a 40-year-old, and someone around 20, and finally you, at this supermodel bursting with muscles guy. You started at, what, six feet, and now you're 5'8 or so? Percy, I'm not an actor. I don't know about the shrinking thing, but you know it's been me all along. Yeah, you've always passed the eyeball test. So maybe it was the water at Shady Pines. Or they injected you with something while you slept? Or they pumped gas through the air vents? If so, there's a huge manhunt out for their million-dollar test subject right now. No. They'd know I was here. I'd have a tracker in my molar or something. They're probably waiting to see how long I last without the serum or whatever. That would turn suspicion onto you, Percy. You could be pretending to be amazed and enamored, but really be here to watch over me and alert them when I start doing weird things or turn into a cockroach or lose all my hair or something. Yeah, that's true. My story about stealing cheap electronics and striking a deal to do time at Shady Pines instead of Juvie? That's beyond convenient. They'd have had to drug me too, because how else would I have a little crush on an 80-something-year-old dude? Say what now? Um, can you forget I said that? Hardly. Let's just leave it at, I think we're both feeling authentic things, and it doesn't matter why. Like you said, kindred souls. Right. (laughs) If you'd stayed old, there were no sci-fi twists or whatever. I mean, no offense, but there'd be no, uh... I mean, in other cultures, teenagers and 80-year-olds may make totally valid couples, but not in ours so much. I know what you mean. It wasn't until my hormones caught up that it even occurred to me to think about being, you know... Adam, it's okay. You don't have to... I want to be sure you don't think I'm a lech or a creep or a pedophile. When I was 82, all I wanted to do was talk and laugh with you and make you tea and give you cookies. And today, holy flapjacks, did that change. I really should have explained that before I kissed you. I'm I'm just going to keep blaming these hormones. I don't mind your hormones. Well, good, because they're not going away. (laughs) But that said, if you are a spy, I don't care. And if this is some rogue weird science, I don't care about that either. I've spent decades mourning my youth, months mourning my wife, and many weeks anticipating my own end. And I'd been alone for years before Lydia died. Her awareness of who I was had faded quickly. I told her about my diagnosis, but... She didn't understand. And she was the only one I told. What about your friends? Like the one who made those cookies? I didn't want anyone to feel obligated to go through all that conciliatory bullshit. The flowers, the covered dishes, the worried looks. I didn't want my identity to change based on some health condition. Lydia was the only one who'd have treated me the same no matter what. But sadly, after her mind left her, she treated me the same in a different way. She treated me the same as her doctor or the mailman. Or on real bad days, the bookshelf. Percy put her head on his shoulder. I'm sorry, Adam. That does sound so lonely. 
Percy, if I died right now, you would have saved my life. Why don't we talk about something besides dying? When Adam put his arm around her shoulders, her head fell into his neck. He smelled like ease, like triumph after a challenge is accepted without compromise or hesitation. Let's plan life, Percy. It seems pretty simple. I will live here and you will visit me when you can. That sounds great, except the part about me leaving. But right now, I'm all alone in a treehouse with a drop-dead, gorgeous, ripped hunk of an age-appropriate man who's kind and smart and so considerate and is really letting me do way too much talking. Yeah? He asked as he pulled her against him and leaned back onto the cot. Yeah. Stop being such a gentleman. Well, I pride myself on being a gentleman, but I've never been a saint. Before much time passed, Adam had been fully reminded of the workings of his new body. She laid her head on his chest, and they drifted to sleep. When she woke, the muted sun indicated it was late afternoon. She groaned quietly as she stretched, rubbing her palm along the outside of his bare thigh. He woke and pulled her tightly against him. Adam confessed. I love you, Percy. Adam, I love you too. You don't have to say that, you know? Out of all the unknowns of the last two weeks, that's the one sure thing. As the sun went down, she gave Adam's hands free rein and moved where and how he led her. She drifted into sleep, surprised to find she still existed. She was sure her body had melted, dripped through the floorboards, and seeped into the soil below. Oh, shit. Shit! Hi, you okay? I have to go home. What time is it? I don't know. I left my phone in the car. Hey, could you hand me my shirt? He grabbed her purse and started down the ladder. Come on, I'll be right below you. Don't worry about falling. Got you. Their kiss goodbye felt like a dream as she drove away. Within the cool, quiet capsule of her car, she felt like a space traveler between two worlds. The known one and a brand new extraordinary world. Love Makes Old New was written and produced by someone called Dora Henry. For more information and sound credits, visit lovemakesoldnew.wordpress.com. 
And if you like what you hear, please leave an iTunes rating. Thanks for listening. <laughs>